0: Hey friends, so today Pablo and I will be discussing what we learned about money from our parents and which habits we're keeping and which habits we're getting rid of. Pablo, I have a question for you. How would you describe my dad when it comes to money?
1: I think your dad is pretty frugal. You know, if you had like kind of a definition in the dictionary about extreme frugality, that would be like, kind of his face next to it or something like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And perfect segue into our story, I guess, explain a little bit about my story and also my dad's story about like how that has influenced the way that he sees money because I think it's a really interesting story. My dad came from a wealthy Chinese family in Malaysia, but when his dad died at a young age, his family lost everything. His father worked as a banker and he had a drinking problem. When my dad was around eight years old, his father died and his family was really ashamed. They basically cut my dad and his family off and my dad's uncles were kind of dodgy and decided, yeah, they would just stop supporting them, cut them off from, I guess, the family money. So my dad, his mum, and his brothers and sisters were left with nothing and they had to start working at a really young age to support the family. How would you feel if this happened to you, Pablo?
1: You told me the story the first time, like, you know, Cinderella and how she's kind of excluded of the family and she has to clean the house. And that's how I would feel about it. It's a bit sad.
0: Yeah, it is really sad. So they were all very, very young and they all had to start working at a really young age. So, yeah, I think that kind of traumatized him because he went from having like a lot of money and he would, you know, shout his friends like, lunch and dinner and he would be kind of like the rich wealthy kid at school and then when his dad died and his family cut him off it was kind of like went from that to having nothing and having to work so yeah that would be hard especially so young. So he remembers what it was like to go to his cousin's houses to see his uncles and aunties and they would give them the leftovers after they ate dinner. So this really traumatized them and they were all very determined to succeed on their own terms. Do you think that my dad and his siblings, I guess, do you think they were able to, you know, overcome this and how do you think they are now?
1: Yeah, I think definitely like when I met your dad or your family in general in Singapore, they seem like, okay, you know, doing well and they seem to have definitely overcome what happened to them. So that's really good and it's really show resilience, I think. So that's really good to see.
0: Yeah, it is. So I think it's a a beautiful story, you know, like no matter what happens in life, like you can bounce back and come back stronger. So now my dad, he lives in Sydney. He moved to Australia for uni when he was around 18 years old. And he met my mom, who is Australian, and they had me, so I'm an only child. My parents divorced when I was a baby and I was raised by my dad as a single parent. He left his job in order to take care of me full time. So we didn't have a lot of money growing up. But even still, my dad has always been really good with money. But sometimes I think he just went a little bit too far when it comes to saving money.
1: Oh, yeah? Too far? Share some example. quick. Give us the juicy example. <laughs>
0: oh, my gosh. Okay, so I just remember as a little kid, I would, you know, kind of like switch on the lights in our place to eat dinner. It seems uh, dinner. No,
1: something normal to do. Switch yeah. on the lights.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I would always, you know, switch on the lights like going to the bathroom or going to have dinner and things like that but my dad would never really switch on the lights for example even if it's like the middle of the night and he goes to the bathroom like he doesn't switch on the lights and he would let me switch on the lights but yeah he, he just never really was the one to switch on the lights when we were eating dinner and you know as a kid we never really went to the movies or things like that or go to amusement parks or to the Easter show. Like my dad wouldn't take me to those places. Thankfully, I guess as an only child, I had friends that would go to those things, so I would go with my friends and their family to like the Easter show or like to amusement parks, but my dad himself like wouldn't really take me to those things. And we would go on holiday, but it would only be to Singapore to see my family. And by the way, my dad was born in Malaysia, but then his family moved to Singapore. So they all live in Singapore now. But even when we were there, we would just kind of like stay in his like brothers and sisters places and not really do any touristy like paid activities. So that was what it was like growing up for me.
1: In a sense, it was lucky that he moved to Australia so that you could move go overseas on holiday to see the rest of the family because if you are born in Singapore if you stayed in Singapore, then you will have never seen anything else than Singapore.
0: That's so true. I've never thought about it like that. But yeah, in saying all of that, we were still very lucky and I was very lucky because I always had food to eat. I had a roof over my head and even though we lived quite frugally, it was still a good upbringing and I'm really grateful for all of those like lessons and experiences. I guess maybe we could go into the things that I'm still doing and that that I've learned from him and maybe the things that I'm I'm not doing anymore. Something that I think is really important is saving on electricity. So my dad was always really, really big on this. And even when I would leave a room, he would always say, switch off the light, like, you know, like switch off the light. It's just like ingrained in my memory. And I think it's a good one to have. Another thing that has really stuck with me from my dad is getting a good deal. So we would always shop at Aldi. We would buy home brand food. He would know the best times to go to the supermarket. So I would go with him at like 6pm to Woolies. And he knew that that was the time that the bread would go on sale. And even like later in the evening, he would go for like a special time. And that's when the chickens were on sale, like the, the rotisserie yes. chickens.
1: I remember, yes, he's like, watched that beeps, you know. So yeah. Different beeps for each of the different sale maybe.
0: Exactly, yeah. And, you know, around this time, a lot of those restaurants and things are closing up as well. So they'll usually put on deals like, for example, like a sushi shop to get rid of their sushi. They'll they'll make it like half price or more. So that's when we would go shopping and pick up those deals. And that's really stuck with me because I'm like, why pay full price when you can get it half price? And it's the same thing. Maybe it is a few hours older, then I guess it's not super fresh, but I mean, it's still good food.
1: Yeah, and I remember when we went to his place, he had lots of stuff in his freezer.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, putting stuff in the freezer to prolong its life, that's another thing that I've learned, like, putting bread in the freezer, that just kind of, like, freezes in time. And then you can use it for, like, months, you know?
1: Speaking about freezer, that reminds me of the ice cream straw you told me, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. a
0: good one. Yeah, so it was really, really hot, and summers in Australia, they get super hot, and there's this corner shop and I would always like see it and think, oh, dad, can I have an ice cream? And my dad would always say, no, why, why would we buy one ice cream when we can get four for the price of one at the supermarket? So we would usually just like drive to the supermarket. He would buy me a box of ice creams for the same price. And that was something that I really remembered because I'm like, yeah, I guess people pay for the convenience because it's right there. But when you think about it, if you do that all the time, then you're really overpaying for ice cream when you can get four for the price of one. Yeah. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety
1: of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So
0: whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at UH1.com. That's UH1.com. So maybe we could go into the, the things that I've stopped doing. What do yeah. you think?
1: <laughs> Which one are they?
0: Ooh, Maybe um, I can
1: challenge you. Actually, I saw you doing that last time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. I guess now I am someone who likes spending money on experiences and activities. I mean, especially since I met Pablo, because when we met, I was 18. And I'd only only ever really been to Singapore for like an overseas trip. And I remember we went to Bali for the first time. And it was kind of like the first time I realized that People on holidays actually do like paid activities and like that's what they do on holiday because I never really did that growing up.
1: You had a different definition of the word holiday.
0: Yeah, it was completely different. I was like, oh, this is actually fun. Like you guys go to restaurants and stuff. Wow, okay. And I really enjoyed it. And at the time, of course, I was 18, had very little savings and not very much money to have a fun holiday. But it made me want to... Save up more money so I could have those good experiences and just really enjoy holidays. And I also really like going to the movies, concerts, restaurants, and spending money on experiences. That's something that I really love doing. And I guess something else is um, because my dad is extremely frugal. I guess growing up, I realized that I didn't want to feel so controlled by money, you know, like I didn't want my life to revolve around it because I feel like whether you're like extremely frugal or extremely spendy, I feel like it it just kind of... Um, your life revolves around money in some way. And I knew that that's not what I wanted my life to be like, which is a bit ironic because, you know, now we're doing Invest with Queenie, and all I do is talk about money. But in saying that, I feel like I do have that freedom because I'm not, I don't know, a little bit less thinking about money all the time.
1: And I think over the years, obviously, the less money we had, the more kind of we had to be not obsessed but be mindful and the more we have, the less... I guess it's the trap of still being like so crazy about it. So being less mindful and just making sure everything is automated in terms of money saving, investing and things like that so that we can just relax and enjoy life.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And I think it's about coming out of that mindset when you're... When you don't need to be in that like survival mode or like extreme frugality, like knowing when you can kind of take a foot off the gas a bit and ease up a bit, spend a bit more money, enjoy life more, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. Make the most of you the time you have on Earth.
0: Yeah, exactly. So do we want to go through Pablo's story? My story. I love this one. So Pablo was born in Paris. Fun fact, he was actually born in the red light district. So, you know, near the Moulin Rouge in Paris, like that's the kind of area, that's the kind of vibe. So Pablo was living with his single mum in an apartment in Paris. It wasn't anything fancy. It was a one-bedroom apartment, 46 square metres, which is quite small for Sydney standards. But in Paris, I've noticed like visiting Pablo's like friends and family, like that's kind of like the norm, like small places, you know?
1: It is. And fun fact about here, like when you have like, like let's say here we purchase this two bedroom apartment right and you only include the two bedroom which are bedrooms but in paris or oh, in france in general when you this place would be considered like a three bedroom but because there's a living room
0: interesting so
1: you usually like include that
0: i didn't know that wow that's so interesting and actually in sydney i think that if it's like smaller than 50 square meters they put like a warning on it or something because they, yeah, yeah. they in
1: actually France, do. I think is nine square meters in Paris. Nine square yeah. meters. My first apartment when I was in Paris was 15 square meters.
0: 15 square meters, yeah. no and way. And you had
1: like a bathroom, small kitchen, and then you had like kind of a studio. So most people live in those things when they are like students. That's
0: so interesting. Wow. Puts it into perspective. Like 50 square meters is like small for us, but it's like... It's, it's like so nothing spacious. Is, it's so spacious for Paris. They'd be like, what am I going to do with all this room? Even though, you know, a one-bedroom apartment, it was very convenient. They were living right in the city. What was it like growing up in Paris, Pavlo? It
1: was fun. I think very busy city, like lots of stuff to do. I guess that's the thing is that it's a small apartment, but you have lots of stuff to do. So you go out any time of the day or the night. There is stuff to do, restaurants going out to friends like their cheap bars, seeing that, so it was great.
0: So Pablo's mum was self-employed. She has a shop fixing musical instruments and all of their needs were met with his income, but it was nothing super over the top or really fancy. Pablo's mum was always mindful of the food that she bought. It was never crazy fancy food, but she tried to make the most out of it by cooking nice meals and making an effort. What kind of meals did you eat?
1: A secret. Italian food, like pasta, lots of pasta, bolognese, things like that. Potatoes. You love potatoes.
0: I love potatoes. I think that's my, (laughs) that's my white side coming out. One thing that Pablo remembers is that even though Pablo and his mom weren't earning crazy income, Pablo's mom was still able to pay for extracurricular activities like football, basketball and handball and they were also able to go on holiday once per year during summer. Usually in France, even though it wasn't the fanciest places, they went near the beach and they had good experiences and memories. So what did this teach you, Pablo?
1: Yeah, well, I think that one thing that's really good in France that we're quite lucky is that, just to give you a perspective, France is like 17 times smaller than Australia. So you can really go anywhere you want driving. Or, plane is like maybe an hour away. And you have the beach, you have the mountains, you have all this in France. So we're really lucky uh, in terms of the geography.
0: That's true. That's and true.
1: so, yeah, we were able to like always do something like if she could not come on holiday because she was self-employed she will you know make sure that i would be enjoying my holiday so we'll then we'll go like south of france maybe like there was no airbnb at the time but rent like a small apartment and then just uh, yeah that was really nice so really good memories
0: oh that's so sweet i love that and how do you think that's influenced the way that you see money
1: i think like first you don't need a lot of money to enjoy life, you know. You can... Obviously, the more money you can do, maybe more expensive activities or things like that, but you don't need a lot to have fun, and that's something that I definitely learned. You can do a lot with not too much, like nice meals. You don't need the best, most expensive ingredients. It's like when you watch those shows on, like, uh, YouTube, you know, you have, like, the $5 meal and the $500 meal. The $5 meal looks great most of the time. You don't need a lot to enjoy. Also, I guess the fact that she was self-employed, like she obviously was working a lot, but a bit more freedom. So that was interesting to see that different lifestyle that not the nine to five, but more flexible and hardworking still, but still had more flexibility in terms of hours and holidays, things that no need to answer to anyone, so... That was good perspective for me.
0: Interesting. Oh, that's really nice. Any habits that you're not keeping?
1: Sometimes she will keep lots of food, like, uh, a long time. I don't know the dates. I never checked, but never got sick really. <laughs> but sometimes, yeah, I'd like to have, like, a clean fridge here. So if it's past a few days and we cannot eat it, then I'd like to just keep things clean. So.
0: Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Interesting. It's a good habit to have not wasting food that's really yeah. important
1: yeah we try to never waste food so we did not like if let's say we will make bolognese we'll have lots making the freezer things like that but we'll have bolognese for like lots of days mm. so no waste
0: So those are our money stories and the things that we learned about money growing up with our parents, the money habits that we're keeping and the money habits that we're not doing anymore. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure you leave us a five-star review on Spotify. It really, really helps us out. And is there anything else you wanted to say, Pablo?
1: Thank you for listening. Really appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you in the next one.